This is Tom Lee, Editor-in-Chief of NEGM Catalyst, and we're talking today with Joanne Conroy, who is CEO of Dartmouth Hitchcock Health. Um, I saw her recently, and I asked her what was Dartmouth Hitchcock's goal uh, in, as they work to integrate with various other providers in Vermont and New Hampshire, and she responded that the goal was actually to help keep patients local. Now, that is something that people often say, but uh, sometimes don't actually mean, but I'm, I became convinced that uh, Joanne really meant it, and so I'd like to talk about that context. But first, let me ask Joanne to talk a bit about uh, Dartmouth Hitchcock Health, because uh, I'm, I'm sure our, our listeners have heard of it, but they may not know uh, the big bones of, uh, of the organization you moved into. So thanks, Tom, for inviting me to participate in this conversation. So uh, most people know Dartmouth-Hitchcock um, because of their awareness of our medical center in Lebanon, New Hampshire, and our affiliation with Dartmouth College, and more specifically, the Geisel School of Medicine. Since 2013, however, we've become much larger than the traditional teaching hospital in Lebanon. We have added to our health system three critical access hospitals, one PPS hospital and a visiting nurse and hospice organization that covers New Hampshire and Vermont. But in addition, we've created a network of 18 critical access hospitals throughout Vermont and New Hampshire that deliver care to Vermont, New Hampshire, and Southern Maine. I think people don't appreciate that we are the most rural academic medical center in the country. We only have 170,000 people that live within 30 miles of the academic medical center. The next most rural academic medical center is Mayo in Rochester, Minnesota, which has 230,000 people within a 30-mile radius. And that creates a tr just a whole different array of challenges in caring for people and as we get back to the kind of focus of our conversation, keeping care local. Well, I think one of the extraordinary things which you hinted at was you're right on the borderline of two states, Vermont and New Hampshire, and they've got two really different healthcare philosophies. And my take from talking to you was that 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 forced upon you an approach where you know you don't have the option of playing a game uh, of trying to optimize your financial performance under one kind of healthcare system or another. Uh, you have no choice other than to try to just provide the highest value care you can, and then hope and then try to get rewarded for it under both systems. I mean, is that like an optimistic take or is that really how it feels? That is really how it is. We actually work very collaboratively with the University of Vermont and with Maine Health because actually the populations we serve are very similar, very rural with some small city issues. Um, our markets actually just but they don't really overlap because we're separated by the Green Mountains and the White Mountains, which are kind of national geographic barriers for people, you know, seeking care outside what you consider a normal service area for that academic medical center. But we actually get together a lot and talk about the things that 
challenge us as health systems and the things we can actually do together. Now, talking about Vermont and New Hampshire, it is a little bit of a tale of two cities. So Vermont has been a leader in trying to construct a single-payer system. So Vermont One Care, which we are a co-founder with UVM, um, takes uh, both Medicare, Medicaid, and commercial almost capitated payments and distributes them to the network of really very small hospitals throughout Vermont in order to try to manage the utilization as well as the cost of care across the state. And then you've got New Hampshire, which has a foot really much more firmly in still the fee-for-service infrastructure. Uh, there's not a lot of managed care in New Hampshire, and it's almost a, a divided region because we have the southern part of the state, which is actually heavily populated, um, especially that southern part of the state up the seacoast that's probably a shorter drive to Boston than it is up here to Lebanon. And then we have the northern part of the state, which is in just impressively rural. There are areas of um, nor northern New Hampshire where you have to drive two hours to deliver a baby. And um, you, know, you, you drive a half an hour and maybe you pass, I don't know, a population of 2,000. You, know, you drive a half an hour in Massachusetts and you Pass a population of two million, so it is actually very they're they're very very different challenges. Well, the conventional thing I think that many institutions would do in uh, uh, in your situation would be uh, try to pull as many patients to Hanover as you can. Uh, I know your institution is very full, so you you know you would just build more beds. Uh, but what you're trying to do, it sounds like, is uh, not do that. You're not you're not trying to pull in more people. You're you're trying to help people stay at their local hospital, in if they need hospitalization, because in part because it's the right thing to do, but also because you don't want them to have to leave the region by say heading to Boston, for example, or heading to uh, some place in New York State. Um, is that how the logic goes? Yeah, so we've done the math, and you, an admission here is actually quite expensive. You know, we have incredible resources for the most critically ill people. Our case mix index, which is an indication of the severity of illness, is quite high. We're one of the highest in New England. And, but that means that somebody that has a low acuity of illness, is they shouldn't be in a bed here. They should be in a less expensive place to have their hip replaced or to have an admission to address issues around their congestive heart failure or diabetes, et cetera. This is probably not the place for low acuity care. Because we have this really strong network of rural hospitals, what we've been doing is actually using several methods to bolster um, specialty services and access to specialty care. A lot of our rural hospitals using our telemedicine services. We have a, a center called Connected Care that does tele-ED, tele-ICU, tele-stroke, tele-psych, tele-specialty care. And we've been thinking about, you know, how do we support the maternity network with, um, you know, high-risk um, perinatal care. And 
that has actually been tremendously successful. You know, that patient that somebody in ED is worried whether or not they need to be transferred, by talking to our neurologist, you know, they can have a high level of confidence that they can actually manage that patient, patient at their own facility, which is good for them and good for us. The second thing we've been doing in the hospitals that are part of our network is we've been gradually actually covering their EDs and their hospitalist service with teams that are all aligned around how we're delivering care. Um, so the front doors that people come into the facilities, they get the same protocols, they get the same level of care um, at any of our facilities that they would get up here at Dartmouth-Hitchcock. And often with less mayhem, because our emergency room is, can be wild at times, less mayhem and actually far closer to home. And that makes a world of difference when you think about discharging the patient and having them have a familiarity with the medical staff. So if they do have to return to the facility, um, they have to see a lot of familiar faces and people actually do know the care that they have received to date. And we found that that actually works incredibly well. Cheshire uh, Medical Center, which is in Keene, New Hampshire, is about an hour and 20 minutes away from us. They were really faltering uh, four or five years ago with decreasing census, probably fewer than 30 people in beds, and they were a PPS hospital. So we invested heavily in their ICU infrastructure, in their specialty access, building teams, um, helping to recruit the right people. Uh, to provide appropriate levels of specialty care. And now they run census of 80 to 90 and have really, um, you know, the institution is thriving and that's perfect for that community. We don't need nor do we want all those people actually getting in cars and driving up to Lebanon to receive their care. It's number one, we can deliver really outstanding care locally. And number two, you know, they have a lower acuity needs and they can be cared for in the community. So we're getting everybody comfortable with the fact that they can receive great care locally. Well, it sounds to me like you're doing all the thing, the right things from the perspective of someone who has idealistic hopes for where healthcare is going. You're, you're helping improve the quality care that people can get in convenient, lower-cost settings as opposed to just pulling them toward a relatively high-cost tertiary care type facility. Um, but how is this working? How is this working? You know, is, are the payer, you know, the, the fee-for-service system doesn't promote doing the right thing in terms of taking care of a region, but you seem to be making it work. How, how is it happening? <laughs> So we are fortunate in that for every patient that we um, care for at a facility like Cheshire or Alice Peck Day, we've got many patients with high acuity issues waiting in line to get into that bed. The demand for the services here has increased significantly over the last few years, and they are high acuity transfers from other facilities that want to transfer their sickest patients here. It, we really struggle currently, or in our you know, previous model, 
to actually care for them because we were at capacity all the time. So by actually making sure that as many people that can be cared for locally are cared for, it benefits those facilities in our network and it also benefits us because we can accept a high acuity patient. And a lot of those, we're the trauma center for New Hampshire and we get trauma um, transports all the time from southern Vermont, southern Maine, and all over New Hampshire. Those are the type of people that actually need to be in these beds. Um, we are have a pretty sophisticated uh, cardiac cardiology, kind of structural cardiology team. And again, the most complicated patients actually need to be here. And those are the people that we now have a capacity to care for. Now, I would say we have close to 300 potential transfers a month that are high acuity that we have to turn away. So we're trying to create capacity to allow those people to be cared for here. Well, you know, you are pursuing a strategy that makes sense. It is the right thing for the region. Now, uh, the last question I want to ask you is basically how do your physicians and nurses and your, your board uh, feel about it? Like, you know, they, pride tends to be something local, very local. Uh, do they get the regional strategy? Do they embrace it? Do they feel proud of it? Yeah, you know, it's all about relationships. So we have spent a lot of time talking to people about thinking more broadly, thinking about the system, and that means a much broader footprint than Lebanon, to think about um, creating access points for patients to receive care that um, are outside of Lebanon, and to kind of change the Lebanon-centric nature of how we view our health system. So we've been pretty successful doing that. Now, not everybody is on the road, but I'd have to say our orthopedic surgeons, our neurologists, our cancer teams are actually very comfortable going out to all of our facilities across New Hampshire, Vermont. You know, we have oncology access points in Peterborough, New Hampshire, um, Bennington, Vermont, St. Johnsbury, Vermont, um, Manchester, New Hampshire, Nashua, Concord, as well as the NCI-designated cancer center up here in Lebanon. Our orthopedic surgeons are in Concord, Manchester, Nashua, um, Alice Peck Day, as well as New London Hospital. Uh, people are getting um, very comfortable with the fact that using a integrated electronic health record, and we do use EPIC, they can actually drop into any of these settings and care for patients in a way that all of the information is shareable back to um, their home office here in Lebanon. And you know how we run our clinic sites feels very familiar to people. So it just it removes a lot of those obstacles to delivering care outside the academic medical center. Well, I think I will close by saying that I think that you're one of a limited number of organizations that are, are in the process of showing the rest of healthcare what it really means to be a system. It's not just putting uh, everyone under the same legal structure, but it's uh, you know having some physiology 
that brings the system to life. And uh, I hope it'll be okay if we check in with you as the years go by, and I'm hoping that you'll be uh, putting pressure on the rest of the healthcare system to try to uh, take make make uh, a system greater than the sum of its parts. Of course. And, you know, we um, say to ourselves every single day that we are here to serve our patients, our people, and our community. And, you know, giving great health care to a region is in and of itself a, a very important thing for any organization to do for um, the improving the health of the citizens of the state, but our role in demonstrating how you can actually achieve scale and how you can benefit a broader population and how you think outside the walls of the institution is just as important as the care we give. So we try to be just a great citizen at a state and a local level at the same time, healthcare is um, far broader than just what happens within the walls of our facility. Thanks so much, Joanne. Thanks, Tom.